Blog Talk Radio. Boxes, 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 boxes. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Coming to you live on this December 22nd of 2019, just three days before Christmas. What's going on, everybody? How's everyone doing? A familiar face coming back to host the show with the most. And given the best boxing fans knowledgeable, the due diligence that we have done in doing our homework, we've given everyone listening all around the best content that we could possibly give in the sport of boxing. Oh, man, you know... Up early in the morning, was up very early, and took a little one-hour nap in case I fell asleep again, out of boredom, and just enjoying the beautiful views outside of my balcony here in the sweet comforts of the San Joaquin Valley in Southern California, or Central California. You can tell I'm still getting the cobwebs whipped out. So um, sitting here just having my, what I like to call, bad and bougie drink from Starbucks. Uh, All is good in the neighborhood. Um, you know, been a little bit of a hiatus on myself, sabbatical, as one from the Pacific Northwest likes to call it, involved with all sports due to my unfortunate circumstances in fantasy football. But boy, let me tell you, whoo, I've never been happier, given the fact that I don't have to worry about waking up early in the morning, setting my lineup, stressing out and just looking to retain and and continue holding the, the, the valuable prestige in which I, I, you know, think that my fantasy football team has been. Over the last two years, never been happier. I don't have to worry about that. I couldn't tell you what's going on in football right now. I have no clue. Humbly spoken as a fan of sports, Y'all didn't hear me put any posts on social media about my San Francisco 49ers beating the Rams yesterday because I'm I'm not that kind of a football fan who just, you know, puts out some hateful tweets or whatever about other teams' fan base and all that stuff. That's not me. I I don't do that. Um, Man, it's such a good day out right now. I might actually put on my golf fit, hit the course, and – if I picked up game on my long drive and, and, and just enjoy all in all without the stress and the worries of fantasy football that causes, and I tell you, I've never been happier. To care less about fantasy football, I, I don't care. I don't know what's going on. Um, I, I deleted my app. I have, I have apps of teams that I don't like just to – you know, keep in touch with what's going on with them. I deleted my Seattle Seahawks app. I, I'm just, I'm not doing that no more. Given which, I've been out of the loop 
in all of sports for the last two weeks, maybe longer, because so. So, oh, it's, it's been fun. I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, I just can't get enough of this, this overwhelming feeling of living a stress-free life. But I'll tell you one thing. And keeping my pulse in the sport of boxing, always with the beat. So, you know, yesterday, I was over at my snow's house and watching the fights that PBC produced for us. Very fun event. Very fun event. I had a couple of guys over. And, you know, when it was over, it was over. Called an early night and starting the early morning to set myself up for a perfect Monday start. Got some chores I'm going to do here at the house and just get ready to put on my hard hat and, you know, step out the door tomorrow morning at 5.30 a.m. and get ready for the grind, walk to the car, bada, bada, boo, and, and just, you know, get set off on the right foot. Don't care about football. Don't care about none of that right now. So, um, yeah, you know, all is good, as I said once before, especially this Starbucks drink that I hope will put me in the boost that I need to get on top of my game and give the best content that I possibly can. Three days before Christmas, so I don't know. We're probably not going to do show Sunday or um, Wednesday. And just because, you know, that's the that's that day. Anywho. Um, we're going to cover some of the, um, the the things in the sport that had happened last night, Friday night. And um, the topics today will be Jamel Charlo recapturing his super welterweight title over, to- over Tony Harrison. And we'll discuss what's next. Will we see a trilogy? Or will Charlo move on to bigger and better things? Uh, followed up by Daniel Jacobs and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. giving him the old no ma. And I want to touch on some of the after fight things that had happened from the fans throwing stuff in the ring and being very disrespectful. Um, follow that up by the Earl Smith sighting that we've seen. Still, you know, had some visual effects of the car accident that he had had spoke publicly last night and uh, was saying that he his ideal return would be summertime. And he said he wants the top dogs. He even mentioned Terrence Crawford, which I was very surprised about. So um, we're going to be touching on those subjects today. And I can't wait to get in it. So topics have been placed, and I'm in there like swimwear. So let's take it to my guys. And see what's going on, man. I want to take it to my man, D. Willow Wilson, a.k.a. Willow the King out in Houston, Texas, and see what's going on in the southern portion of these United States. Willa, good morning for me and close to afternoon for you. How you doing, my friend? Good on. Good on. Oh, my bad. My bad. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. Oh, excellent morning out here in Houston, Texas. Get ready for this Christmas 
got a little last-minute shopping to do today and tomorrow, so glad we got to get this in early, you know, um, around our usual time. But, yeah, man, um, good boxing week weekend. Got some good fights on uh, Friday, all right card on Friday. Got a pretty good card on Fox last night. Um, got to check it out. Was out, you know, I was out and about with the missus last night, so I, I got to see the Ajagbe fight uh, on my phone that I had to had to cut out for the Charlo fight, but got to catch it when I got to the house, man. Excellent fight, man. Better fight than I thought it was going to be. Um, but I can't wait to talk about that, man. Glad to be on with the fam. Glad the boy RC's back. So, yeah, man, I'm ready to rock. Right on, man, yeah. It's that time of the year, man, and I, I'm going to be that guy where it'll be December 24th, and I'll be doing my Christmas shopping. I like I like the back-against-the-wall style of shopping because I'm an in-and-out shopper. So right now I've got absolutely zero done until that day comes, and I'll try to put forth my best effort and get in all that needs to be gotten. So risky business, but serious business. But, um, okay, well, hey, man. That is, it's good to be back and and uh, talking with the fam, and I want to get into this stuff, so we'll take it to the southern portion of California and see what's good with my man, JP. JP, it's beautiful out here, and I, I can only imagine that you have a similar view and feel from the outside perspective of southern California from central California, but how are you doing this morning, my friend? All is well, and yes, it is glorious, and um. I think this will be the first time I say this year out here on God's vacationing spot. He doesn't have on a tank top. He has on a Christmas sweater, an ugly Christmas sweater at that. A um, little chill in the wind, but nonetheless, the heavens are as crystal blue as one could imagine. Um, but, yeah, man, same as Willa. I'm going to get a little Christmas shopping done, a few things to pick up. At this point in my life, I'm lazy. I don't buy thoughtful shit. I just buy people expensive shit I know they'll like because I don't have fucking time to think about anything. Um, and I'll get that shit out the way, man. Great fights last night. Great fights last night. I can't wait to get into all of that. Uh, but got some errands to run today. Got some, some shopping to do, church, friends to go see. Might go chill with Pops for a minute, so... We're going to get this Sunday underway. Hopefully I can get home enough to have me a little nightcap and enjoy some of my evening hour before we got to get to the Monday. Let's do it. Yep, I hear that, man. I hear that. It's, it's just it's that time of the year, and I, I can't wait for it to be over with, to be honest. Uh, the Christmas music that, that plays along at the workplace and anywhere I go, it's just it, – it, 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 it causes me a small headache, and – I just, I'm just not a fan of Christmas. I'm not. It, it just adds on more bills. I've got to take care of and all that stuff. And it's for one day and one day only. The only thing I care about on Christmas will be the basketball games that the NBA will put out. And I'll be sure to enjoy that. That's the most thing I'm looking forward to. But um, uh, I say let's just get right into it, and we'll swing around the topics that we're going to discuss and and go through around the board and get everyone's perspective. So yesterday, fellas, we had a really good fight. More action-packed and a lot more entertainment compared to the first fight that had happened. The 
um, the people that were watching the fight and seeing it and probably didn't expect the fireworks that we seen early on. You can tell by the first punch Jamel Charlo threw, he was going for the head and trying to knock it off. You know, a lot of trash talking in this buildup. A lot of disrespectful things were said and a lot of anger, animosity coming from both sides as Jamel Charlo was obviously affected by the mind game Tony Harrison was playing. And during the last face-off on Thursday, I believe, Tony Harrison seemed to be a little heated himself when it came to a left punch thrown and had to be restrained, pulled back aside. Way in, Tony Harrison's playing guitar with the belt. You could just tell that Jamel Charlo had enough of this. And you always think that when you get in the fighter's head like that, and he wants to kill you. No, not just <laughs> not like that, but he wants to take your head off, and you think that if you could get a guy that angry, he would punch himself out or just ineffectively cause himself to put on a, a spectacular performance given the fact that he's just trying to do too much. And we've seen a little bit of that early on. But boy, oh boy, when that second round happened and Jamel Charlo dropped Tony Harrison, Harrison got up real quick, but you knew it was go time. Tony Harrison, for the most part, put on a pretty damn good performance. Um, ironically enough, I thought that Tony Harrison was um, not necessarily in a comfortable lead, but a well-enough-known lead. And I could be mistaken, but the telecast had told me that the judges had Jarrell Charlo up previous to that last or till the fight ended. So I don't know how, how that works. I have to re-look at my, my scoring card and, and go back onto the drawing board and look at the replay and maybe trying to analyze something else a little bit more nitpicky. Um, but a good fight, really intense fight. Tony Harrison put together some really good punches that definitely earned the respect of Charlo. Walking down at certain points for Jamel Charlo, similar to the um, the analogy of Deontay Wilder, like all he needs is that one punch, or the comparison, I should say. Um, same thing goes for the Charlo brothers. They have had trouble, and they um, they struggled a little bit with boxers. You could go down the line of Austin Trout against both of them. They didn't look at the best over in God's vacation land, as JP alluded to. Uh, they didn't look their best against boxers. And Tony Harrison um, showed that in the first fight. If you could offset these 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 home run hitters, it could cause some confusion as far as when you try to dig in your pockets for, you know, game plan B, game plan C. I saw a little bit of that yesterday for Jamel Charlo, frustration, but knocked down in the second, woke things up, took it to the, the later rounds. Ironically, in the championship round is when it happened. Tony Harrison got caught. Doing a little too much. The showboating, as far as, you know, swinging the hips around, Charlo should have gave a quick jab, something like that, where you know you're going to hit him instead of just stare at the man doing some dancing moves. Also, going at the crowd like, come on, B, and put his hand straight down looking at the crowd. Those little gestures right there are just openings for Something quick is all I'm saying. But Tony Harrison was feeling himself a little too much. Ended up getting caught. 
and getting hurt. Go back. Went down to the 11th, got up, went down again. Referee Jack Reese, well-respected in this sport, stopped it after a couple punches were thrown by Charlo. Not the cleanest, but no response from Tony Harrison. And we've had enough unfortunate circumstances in the sport to where it comes to something like that. I do not mind a stoppage at all. And that's what happened. Jamel Charlo recaptures. Tony Harrison, much like a lot of things in Detroit, checks into that heartbreak hotel. You can tell by the look in his face in his post-fight interview, upset with himself, and had a real big slice of that humble pie. Uh, Charlo went up to him afterwards. Might have looked like it was respectful, but the cameras did, or the network did, bleep out some of the things that were said. So I don't think it was the nicest gesture of words that were exchanged from Jamel Charlo to Tony Harrison, as Tony Harrison could do nothing but look away, but listen. Got humbled, man. A lot of that stuff that happens, you talk that shit, you got to back it up. And there was a lot of shit talk going on during this fight and the buildup, and you just knew for the loser, it was going to be hard. Um, Jamel Charlo, if he would have lost this fight again, I mean, I really... I, I joke about suicide watch, but I just don't know how he would how he would cope with the two defeats. And you know, Tony Harrison would have been boasting. He didn't let that happen. He took care of business as should, and probably as expected in the first fight. So, kudos to him. Tony Harrison wants to run it back for a trilogy. You know, Charlo. I don't think he would um, would evade it. But he did say he's on to bigger and better things. So, Trilogy, I don't know if that happens or not, but all I know is it was a damn good fight yesterday. And if the fight did happen for a third time, Harrison being put on his bumper as much as he did probably won't be bumping those gums as much as he did if the third fight hypothetically happened. So, all in all, really good fight. I wouldn't say a great performance by Charlo. Great finish, for sure. Um, you know, he's, it, 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 to put it in a way, it was like a uh, like watching a movie that had a very good beginning, but the whole middle climax part was like, eh, and it had a really good ending. That was Jamel Charles' performance to me yesterday in Tony Harrison. Well, he's got a whole lot of crow to eat today, and um, hope he gets a speedy recovery. It wasn't a devastating knockout, but it still was one of those knockouts that are. Have reset you, reset back a little bit, and definitely go back to the drawing board for a long couple of hours, maybe weeks on end. But um, good performance. I thought that Tony Harrison was going to pull it off, just given the fact that the boxing skills was going to um, give Charlo even more problems. That this was that this was round thirteen at the start of the fight. Felt like he had a really good range to him. And, and as I mentioned to the guys in the group message, it was a steak and potato type, type of offense for Tony Harrison. Kept going left hook to the body, following up with some uppercuts and a straight right hand. He wasn't throwing the body shots with his right hand. It was a simple offense where he got too close. And when you get too close with the, an explosive puncher like Jamel Charlo, that's what happens. But a great performance by Jamel Charlo, a good performance by Jamel Charlo. 
I'd say I'd give him a, um, a, a B plus, just given the fact that he went there, stopped the knockout, took his belt back, overcame the adversity of trying to find a range and, and, and just land a shot on Tony Harrison, who was doing really good for the most part. All in all, great show by PVC on regular television. I mean, everyone around the world is able to watch this one, so it'll be real interesting to see what the ratings look like. I mean, shit, even everybody doing the bid was able to watch that fight. So great thing for the sport and a great thing for the sport, again, for a young fighter like Jamel Charlo to recapture the title and move onwards forward into making a bigger name for himself and, uh, you know, putting it out there with better fights and um, some good performances and knockouts because that's what we all want to see in the game. But, Willa, your man from Houston, Texas, took care of business. I did not expect it, so uh, I will be at the table with Tony Harrison picking up my slices of pro as well. I thought Tony Harrison was going to edge him on decision. That didn't happen. What was your thoughts on the fight yesterday and the performance of Jamel Charlo against Tony Harrison? Man, it was it was a way better fight than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, like you said, going into the going into the first round, Charlo came out heavy. He was trying to take Harrison out. Second round, dropped him. I thought it was going to be over. I thought Harrison was going to shut it down. Harrison's been doing a lot of talking, but I thought he was going to shut it down. But Harrison stepped it up after getting knocked down, started breaking the fight to Charlo, started outboxing him. You know, Charlo, even though it was a better fight, who made it a better fight was Tony Harrison last night. Um, you know, in the first fight, Tony Harrison was doing a lot of movement, going around using the jab mostly. But this fight, he was bringing the fight to Charlo. Charlo's game didn't look any different than it did the fight before uh, in the first fight. He was coming in. He wasn't doing a lot of swing. You know, he wasn't letting his hands go like he said he was going to do. You know, he was looking suspect in there. Now, you know, me watching the fight, I didn't get to watch it live, so I knew how it was going to end. So, you know, I didn't have those feelings of, uh uh-oh, you know, what's going on here. But watching the fight, I could tell that, you know, if I would have been watching it live, I would have been having a feeling of, okay, what is Charlo going to be able to do it? Because he was out there getting hit with, with clean shots. You know, they, it was the, – the rounds were close. You know, I, they, keep, uh, they kept on saying this is – you know, a concubine, uh, they were within two punches landed of each other for like eight of the 11 rounds that, were ha- that happened. And, you know, it was real – it was a real close fight, but it seemed like mm-hmm. every time Charlo was Charlo would start early, you know, he would put his shots in early. Then he would sort of just back off, you know. Sometimes he would come forward, um, you know, and and, and not throw. Um, sometimes he would get real close in the inside, and it seemed like Tony Harrison, like overall overall boxing skills and everything. Um, Tony Harrison had the advantage, you know, when they went to uh, the inside, Tony Harrison was roughing them up. When they went to the outside, Tony, Tony Harrison was roughing them up. Only thing Tony Harrison didn't have was the, the power. You know, he seemed like he might've been faster or just as fast as Charlo. Um, his, he seemed like he had a good IQ. He had a better IQ of boxing. He just wasn't as explosive. You know, he was talking about the athleticism, but I think Charlo might might be the better athlete in there. So, you know, it was a great fight. 
very excited fight, man. I was hyped. Even though I knew what was going on, I was uh, I was hyped for the fight. I like seeing uh, Tony Harrison showed a lot to me. He didn't go to sleep, um, you know, so they could have the third fight. But like you said, Charlo said he's on the bigger and better thing. So I wouldn't expect uh, Harrison to get uh, another another fight anytime soon. But, yeah, he tried to hook, you know, and got caught. And then that was all she wrote. You know, you could tell Harrison was getting a little bit tired. I think that's when all the dancing, because in the, you know, starting around the ninth, tenth round, he started doing a little more. He started being a little more, you know, doing a little more dancing, doing a little more hopping around after he was getting punched. You could tell that he was sort of wearing down. That's what it seemed like to me. Somebody starts doing the the dancing and stuff like that. It's, you know, seems like they're probably wearing down. And he got caught. Good thing about uh, Charlo is that he was in good, great shape. You know, he's bringing that power from round one to twelve, and he got he got the knockout. It was going to be close. I don't know what the cards. I didn't, I didn't get to hear exactly how the judges had it. Um, no, I think some guy said it on the on the post, the post uh, press conference. I think they said they had it. A draw at that point. One one person had it for Charlo, one person had it for Harrison, and then one person had it to draw. So it was a real close ass fight. Uh, I'm glad that Houston got to pull it out. Glad that Charlo got his revenge. He got the knockout. Um, after during the post the post interview, seemed like everybody was cool. I think they uh, hugged it out. You know, Harrison came over there, said that he earned it, gave him a you know a little hug. Charlo. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't, you know it was. A, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the post, the little That's post cool, uh, interview. Yeah, at the press conference. So they gave him a little hug. Charlo was, you know, saying that you know he he sort of liked Tony Harrison and all the shit that he was talking. You know, he said that you know it was sort of funny to him, and you know he they were all cool. Harrison showed a lot of love. Said you know he earned it. He sort of was making excuses, saying that, you know, it's been a year off, but he was like, you know, it's been a year off of going against a guy so strong, so in shape, you know, it, it just, you know, he, he took a, one second, he was lax for one second and got caught. Um, so, yeah, they showed a lot of love afterwards. It wasn't, you know, any animosity. And, yeah, I think it was a good fight, man. Great build up, uh, great fight. And uh, I, I wish uh, – only thing I wish is Charlo would have threw more punches. Um, you know, he gets – it was the same Charlo to me. He was, he was going in there, getting in close, pulling out, trying to show his defense, trying to do hand movement, getting caught, but not throwing, not throwing punches like he needed to. But he got the win. He got the dub. He's already, he's already proven that he could beat uh, Williams. Um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, that's no big deal. And I think uh, the other – I think the other belt must be up for grabs, the WBO, because Javi Munguia, I believe, went up to middleweight his last fight. So, our coming up fight. Finally. Isn't he fight? He might be fighting Spike O'Sullivan, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. he's fighting Spike somebody O'Sullivan, in Wackley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, middleweight. So, you know, he's going to give up the belt. So, we'll see how it goes, man. They were talking about the Julian Williams fight. Uh, would love to see that for, for uh, you know, so somebody have three of the belts. We'll see what happens with that WBO belt, see if we get an undisputed champion. But uh, as far as a grade for Charlo, uh, I would give him a B. 
BB plus. You know, he did get the knockout. He did do what he needed to do. He got the revenge. He said he wasn't going to let it go to the judges. He didn't. He didn't. So, you know, good fight, man. I enjoyed the fight. I thought it was a really, I thought it was a pretty entertaining fight. And who made it entertaining was Tony Harrison. So I give Tony Harrison, I give Tony Harrison more respect than I did the first fight. Uh, he showed that he had some dog in him. He said he was trying to dog the dog. And he was doing that until, you know, until it was over, man. So, yeah, good fight. Great fight. Uh, yeah, I'll even say a great fight, you know. And But that was all because of Harrison. Charlo, he he probably needs to step it up a little bit more uh, when it comes to these bigger fighters. Laura might give him, I don't, Laura's sort of old, but he might give him a, give him a hard, you know, Laura's a boxer. Laura's got the skills. Laura would be a hard fight for him. Other than that, you know, he might be able to beat the rest of these guys, but we'll see if when he moves up, if he moves up, how he handles, uh, you know, any of those guys at middleweight. But, yeah, that's all I got, man. Great fight. Yeah, yeah, I would say that, too. I would definitely say a great fight. A fight that if if, if the casual fans were looking to see what's going on, why is, why is Fox 26 have a PBC fight with guys they never heard of, they wouldn't expect someone to say this is a great fight, but it definitely was. Um, I, I think that, you know, maybe Jamel Charlo could get in there with uh, uh, Jared Hurd, and I think that would definitely favor Jamel Charlo in, in his style and compared to Hurd's style. Because we all know that Hurd just – it seems to me that he don't want to get back in there with Julian Williams immediately because he didn't, he didn't uh, invoke his rematch clause immediately and wants to get a tune-up after taking that L. So, um, hey – you never know. There, there's business to go around, and uh, and I, I like to hear the fact that they were able to, you know, hug it out and at least shake hands like a man at the end of the day because at the end of the day, we, we, they selling. Selling to get the public's uh, attention, and um, it was a lot of shit talk going on. I didn't know if that was going to happen or not, but glad to hear that it did because at the end of the day, they're just trying to feed their family. But great, great fight. I would say that for sure. Um, I was a very happy boxing fan yesterday at the end of this, this performance that we are speaking on right now. Um, let's take it to JP and get his perspective of it. Because JP, hey, man, this fight right here might have not been on the, the, the public radar and awareness of the casual boxing fans. But if they paid attention yesterday, it was one hell of a fight, and I enjoyed every second of it. What was your thoughts and takeaway from the whole fight with, with Harrison and Charlo? Oh, man. Um, look, man, I predicted this thing, hammer on the nail, um, however that adage goes. Um, I called it in the 11th. I called it KO, I believe. <clears throat> so that said, it went exactly how I thought it would go. Also, another thing that I did here before we all got into this, when we were leading up to the fight Wednesday, I talked about the head games and how everybody was talking about how Tony Harrison is living inside of Jamel's head, rent-free and all that bullshit, right? And I talked about that, but on the opposite side of the spectrum, right? I said, we're all expecting Charlo to become to come in rough and tumble, to, to be overly aggressive, overly assertive, overextend himself, gas out, get discouraged, because that's what all that head game shit lends to, right? 
He's just going to be outside of himself, out of character. But see, now, I want, I want us to learn while we have these boxing conversations, too. People out there, talk is cheap. Remember that. You know what I mean? As grown men, mm-hmm. we know it's about what you do and not what you fucking say. Because I got a lot of homies who just, uh, man, amazing ideas. Ain't about to bust a grape. A gang of people want to get buffed. Won't go to the gym. You know, I, I keep calling it, these motherfuckers want to eat, but they don't want to get the groceries. You know what I mean? How the fuck you going to mm-hmm. get buffed without going to the gym? So, and just hold, keep that in mind at all times. That That's it. That's it. You know, um, and and what we what ended up playing out was Tony Harrison being out of character, fighting a fight that he probably should not have been fighting because he had something to prove, probably due to the trash talking. That's how that exactly played out. You had Tony Harrison. Now, let, let me just get into this part of it. I felt like Jamel Charlo. Um, I'm not going to call it a master class. I'm not going to call it that. But he definitely proved to me he's the best boxer puncher in the division. Now, boxer punchers are hard to come by. Um, it's, 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 they just don't come around a lot. So most guys are either a, a, a straightforward fighter or somewhat of a finesse fighter. But you got a guy like maybe like a Virgil Ortiz who we could consider a, a boxer puncher. Jamel Charlo showed us last night. Now, you got to understand, because people, I think Willow, now the cards, the actual cards were two judges had Jamel up two, and one judge had Harrison up one. So two judges had Charlo winning. Now, in the first fight, we said all three judges had Harrison, and we left it at that. We're not going to question the judges here. Um, Jamel, now let's get into this, because people – always get overwhelmed by a man's posture. I remember in the second Canelo fight, everybody, oh, the Canelo was coming forward. So what? What he was doing coming forward? Now, Charles uh, Harrison here last night was coming forward, uh, at times being the aggressor. Now, let's mm-hmm. examine all of that. Harrison, to me, fought in spurts. You know, it wasn't consistent work, whereas all the other time that Harrison was not punching, to me, Jamel was working. Now, Jamel showed you that he can win a fight hustling. Now, we're used to him coming in overwhelming people with pressure. And and last night, and, and Janelle's been touching on this, for a second in there, I said, God damn it, Janelle's right. This is Shane Mosley's um, Vernon Forrest because of all the measurements. Shane being the shorter guy, Vernon was the long jab guy, and you get those matchups from hell sometimes for dudes, especially with these these type of dimensions and fight style stylistically. This could be a nightmare for Jamel, but Jamel showed me last night, um, like when you're able to hustle a fight out, he he just worked the outside. He was hitting gloves a lot. Then you, you heard them talk about Jamel needs to kind of how Mayweather used to sometimes bring that around the glove. Jamel was trying to do that, but just not as effectively. You've seen him throw, trying to throw that around that high guard a lot. Then Jamel start coming between the guards. That's where he dropped them on the first on, in the second round was a shot between the guard, and I think that's might have how he ended up eventually getting them out of there. But Jamel showed me, and now Derek James said what they asked him. 
They said, what does Jamel need to do? He said he needs to move more and he needs to box and jab. And then that's what he started doing. Derrick James said he'll start doing it, and then he started doing it. Now, I thought Jamel, he went up um, first round. I thought you could have seen either way. Second round, you get the knockdown. I, I believe like three, five, Jamel might have took. Harrison probably took a couple in there. And Jamel, to me, from about eight on, was kind of out hustling him and, and getting more shots in. Now, Harrison, again, he had the, 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 the come forward style and all of that. But I felt like Jamel was just working more and landing scoring more scoring shots. And then the, the explosiveness came into play. You know, and Harrison got baited into a game. Now, you see him doing all that stuff, uh, you know, show, showboating and all of that. You know, that's where this lack of discipline comes in. Now, that's another thing Gmail showed me. Hella patience because he never just got out of character and went forward and went crazy and all of that. No, he he, he boxed, he, he fought in that way till he got him out of there that way. So it was systematic to me. And he just showed patience, composure. Didn't panic. A lot of fighters are panic, like, oh shit, man, I'm, I'm I'm losing. Let me let me go out here and just go for it. And he didn't do any of that. I was impressed by that. Highly impressed. And he boxed, you know what I mean? He was uh in, in kind of a, a, a hustle fashion doing it all like lateral, back. Um when it was time to come forward he did he did that and then he showed the power out there and got the guy up out of there. Um Tony, I think Tony, you know, showed well for himself, and he made a fan out of me. I became a fan of him mostly after the fight, you know what I mean? Um, I like what he had to say in the post-fight conference, and he, you know, he banned up. He still was funny. He was like, man, y'all know how bad I wanted this, and, you know, and I, I appreciate that type of humility. You know, he's not downplaying it, but I think he is plenty room for him to come back. There's plenty of guys he can be um, competitive with and get another shot at a title. Um, I think uh, Heyman and the, the powers that be over there, they're smart enough to see that this guy is can be marketable. He has a fight style that's accommodating to fight fans. And it was a great fight, man. It looks like uh, Ontario out there in the uh, suburbs of East Los Angeles. Uh, looks like people kind of showed up. I, I, they weren't showing the top tier of the shit or nothing, but you know, it looked like it was some people up in there, and the people there got their money's worth. So next time they bring a fight around there, I'm sure there'll be a little more excitement for it. So all in all, man, a great fight. Jamel retained, um, gets his WBC belt back, gets back in the mix, gets back on track to where shit was going. And, uh, you know, you got to appreciate him, man. You got to appreciate that guy. Uh, we, we talked about all the tears that was in his eyes every time he talked, and you know, but you know what you're going to get out of old, old Iron Man, and I, I appreciate that. I mean, somebody's going to have to take that from him. You know, you're going to have to take that from him because he's not playing about it, and you got to appreciate that in your champion. Uh, great performance last night by both men. Tony Harrison, lapse of concentration, um, just just the lesser pedigree in that regard. Them, them boys really about this life. You know, really about this life. That seems to be all they care about, mm-hmm. you know, especially Jamel, you know. So 
I, I, I love how much they're in each other's corner, man. It's like they, it's like they both won the fight when the niggas win. It's it's pretty funny. Um, and the best of luck to them going forward. It'd be fun just to watch them both kind of win and how excited they get for each other, you know. So, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it, and I look forward to seeing uh, Tony Harrison too. So, yeah, great fight by Jamel though. It really wasn't like you say. Yeah, I mean, I was a, I was a fan of of Tony Harrison, low key, before the fight, first fight happened, and then, you know, with all the build up, and I, mean, I like the I like a shit talker as much as the next guy, you know. But but the humbleness and just brought back down, and the the love that they could show afterwards. At the end of the day, this is the hurt business, and it's a sport. But you know something about. Uh, a handshake and, you know, just showing some dad to each other after, you know, both have been in a physical war with each other for over a year now. And, uh, you know, something about that could just make me even more a fan of the guy. And I appreciate Jamel Charlo a lot more too, just because uh, it takes a lot to, for a real man to come back down, down to earth and just say, you know what? Bygones be bygones. This stuff out there, catch you down the road. So I like that, man. It was a, um, that 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 makes a win for all. Harrison get back to the drawing board, try to work his way back to another title shot. If it be Jamel Jamel Charlo or maybe someone else, he definitely will be in the mix. Charlo can go on to bigger and better things. There is other guys out there to take care of, and um, I mean, it's it's just all in all, it was good for the sport and and good for both fighters' careers. Now Jamel Charlo knows you can't have those lapses in performance where you think you're winning and just expect it to happen. He knows now that he's got to work and he's never been a fighter accused of any kind of blacking when it comes to um, putting in the work. Harrison now knows, Hey, he's, he's, he's been down before seen the, seen the dark side, seen the, the dark side of the tunnel as being knocked out before got back up, captured the title. This might not be the end for him. You know, so he can definitely move forward and learn from this as well. Um, but all in all, great, great performance. I was very pleased yesterday. Um, <clears throat> Janelle's asking for us to give him a shout out. I don't know what that means, but uh, I guess he don't have a signal where he's at right now. So we would take it to Janelle and see what's going on. But uh, yeah, I don't know what Janelle's talking about. Maybe he's going to come on here and say, I called it <laughs> as he always does somehow, some way. Um, I mean, for any of the listeners out there, y'all should. Listen to Janelle, because if you put the house on Janelle's picks that he always gets right somehow, he might be <laughs> he might be out there and Rancho Chocomanga with Uncle Elroy. But um, moving along until Janelle and, and the rest of the guys can come on with this. Um, big shout-out, though. Big shout-out to, to Janelle Charlo and the fight yesterday that PBC put together, along with a fun undercard. Um, the heavyweight fight that had happened um, – was a, a Jagba and uh, I forget the other gentleman's name, but much respect to him because, uh, you know, just going over, going over it for, uh, for me yesterday, I was flipping a lot of channels um, with the Niner game being on Sacramento was playing and then the fights I was going over and over, but I did catch the round where, I mean, a Jagba whooped his ass, knocked him down. He got up, saved by the bell, got it back in there, got stunned again, was on drunken style legs, Looking like, oh man, feel sorry for this dude. And then next thing you know, oh, 
I think it was the straight right on the chin, could have jogged on this bumper, and it was just one of those classic, oh, shit, moments in boxing, where the dude who's getting his ass whipped drops the guy who's ready to knock his fucking head off. It was a, a really good performance. If, if anyone out there didn't catch it, you could see a lot of highlights from that. Um, but a fun undercard. Um, also in the undercard, I believe, uh, young gentleman, uh, I forget the young, the young Mexican fighter's name. Uh, I forget exactly what it was. Um, got him some humble pie by the B side. So, um, in a technical way, two B side fighters picked up W yesterday for PBC. Hey, never know. Punches chance and not necessarily no luck of the draw, but never keep in doubt anybody who's a B side fighter. Um, good stuff yesterday though. But moving along, fellas, the fights that had happened on the zone across the street on Friday night. Um, I, I I didn't catch the undercard. Seeing that it was a vicious knockout, um, but I caught it a little late uh, Friday night. I, being a Star Wars fan, had to go see the Rise of Skywalker at seven o'clock. So went and seen that. About three hours passed. Came home about ten o'clock um, with a group of my homies. We we're just talking about it, nerding out a little bit, a little bit, you know. And I was oh shit. That fight was on. You got to check this shit out real quick. So I put on the zone. Still have my subscription I had to pay for. Thanks, Anthony, Joshua, and Andy Ruiz. Some bullshit, but good thing I still had it. Um, flipped it on about 10 o'clock over, at the, uh, over here at the crib. And, uh, I mean, hey, I was expecting Danny Jacobs to win because we all know how Julio Cesar Chavez is. I was telling the time about the fact that I put Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in the same class um, as Adrian Broner, and his fan bases go for the same exact reason being fans of Adrian Broner who still have belief in him. Hey, I, I, I was on that boat, but I think I'm on a life. I'm on my own little boat. I, I, I jumped off the ship, but I still got love for Adrian and, and wish him well in the future. But still, the fans of Adrian Broner will say, man, you know, if he just, if he lets his hands go, hey, you know, he, He's got a chance to beat anybody. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.'s fans, who are very loyal because of his father, things like that, Mexican boxing fan base, Prince of Mexico, all that good stuff, they'll say, man, you know, if, 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 if Chavez Jr. could just take this serious and work hard in the gym, hey, he could beat anybody. Similar, similar, very similar in those, those cases. Um I necessarily was never a fan of Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., but I always appreciated the fact that when you grow up with a silver spoon in a fucking castle and you're anointed the prince of Mexico to a certain extent, like, you don't have to get in this business. You've got money. You know, you're always going to have, you're always going to be taken care of no matter what. So I always appreciated the fact that um, it's, it's hard to find a tough, rich guy. You know what I mean? He didn't have to get into sport, and he's been in the sport for a very long time. Um, so I give him a lot of credit for that in itself. Um, but, you know, this fight did transpire. I came home. I flip it on. And I said, God damn, this is going to be a good fucking fight. Unexpected, like as we just mentioned with the fight before with Tony Harrison and Charlo. 
I didn't expect it to be this good. I think Travis Jr. hit Jacobs with a couple big shots. Jacobs, we know he ain't no punk. Stays in the pocket, trades back. End of the rail, end of the round, crowd's going crazy. Danny Jacobs is yelling. You see the emotion, the passion. Let's go. He's there for a dog fight. There's never no back down and no punk from Danny Jacobs. The Miracle Man. Everyone loves the story of the Miracle Man, Danny Jacobs. And much respect to the, 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 the fit that he came out in as well. Big, big props and big, big respect for that. Due to the uh, unfortunate passing of Patrick all day, day. Uh, Danny Jacob had his whole his whole get up inspired as to be the rest in peace memorial and uh, just all of that good stuff. As we all know, before Patrick Day's last fight, he had uh, he had spoken about how he looked up to Danny Jacobs and how much he was a fan of him and and how Danny Jacobs spoke to him and the words were moving and Danny Jacobs took that to heart. And that was some real shit, real classy stuff. One of the most classiest men in the business. Um, when I met Danny Jacobs, um, sparked a conversation with him. Just a consummate profession. A very, very good man. There's a little something else to him, but I'll get to that later. But he's a very good dude. Everyone loves the story of a cancer survivor and being told he'll never box again, picking up a championship, all that good stuff, whatever. But very good fight was transpiring. A really good fight. Chavez Jr. was bleeding from his nose, got cut in his eye. And Jacobs was getting hit with some really big shots. Chavez Jr. was the bigger man because he didn't make weight. And he, you know, let's just be honest. Um, he did pick up some some really big muscles out of nowhere and been having problems with drug testing or something like that. I, I, I don't know why I even brought that up, but, you know, just keep that in mind. And if Danny Jacobs um, was using his elbow or headbutting a little bit. Hey, Travis Jr., you're the bigger man. You should be able to take it. Um, but excuses were made by Travis Jr., as we all seen. He quit on the stool. And uh, I don't know if he whispered it to the ref real quick because he had a dead eye stare when he was looking at, looking at, um, looking straight ahead as if, well, this is it. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But all I do know is that it was a, a hell of a fight that came to a a really whack ending. You know what I mean? Not a fan of it. The fans were definitely not a fan of it, as we all know. Travis Jr. had a lot of fans out there. And what was it, in Tempe, Arizona, I believe? I'm not exactly sure on that. I was going to look that up before I got the chance to come on here. But um, utter disrespect afterwards. Travis Jr. quitting the way he did brought out a lot of ugly in the fans, which I'll get to after this, but as far as the fight in itself, this is a whack way to end such a fight with really high potential. If they would have kept going the way they're going, we're talking about fight of the year candidate. You know, if it went 12 or whatever happened, it was looking like a really good trade, and it just looked like it was two dance partners that were made perfect for each other. Danny Jacob picks up the win as Travis Jr. does not come out of the does not come into the ring for the fifth round as he stops in the fourth, I believe, somewhere around there. But um, this is a tough one for Thomas Jr., man. I think they, <laughs> you might got to hang it up, bro. You know what I mean? Um, listening to the translation that was after the fight in the locker room or in the locker uh, walkway area, I'm not sure the exact name of the translator, but he did leave a few things out when I was listening to it. 
Chavez Jr. was saying that, um, obviously he said that he was being elbowed and, and head-butted, and that's what the translator had said in Spanish, or said in English from translating to Spanish. But one thing that he did leave out was, these translators, they don't always give you verbatim what the guys are saying. They're just trying to shorten it up and get the fuck out of there. But when I was listening, Chavez Jr. also mentioned that he was upset that the referee was not deducting any points and that if he was going to let him do this to him the entire fight, I'm just not going to be in here. Suck of shit at the end of the day. But I guess, you know, rich guys being tough ain't that tough. Because I know a lot of fighters that would have just dogged it out. And, hey, man, you could finish me on the knee if I got to take one, you know, or, or however it may be. Good performance by Danny Jacobs and a lackluster performance by Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, a great fight with a potentially great fight that had a pretty whack ending. Well, um, Chavez Jr. has been your man for a long time. Uh, I imagine that this one was a, a tough one for you to see. What was your thoughts on the fight that transpired this Friday? Yeah, man. Everybody knows, um, you know, I, I fuck with Chavez Jr., a.k.a. the Prince of Mexico. But, yeah, he lost it all. He lost all all the love that I have for him, man. Um, he went in there overweight, and I was like, okay, even though that's sort of weak that he's going in overweight, maybe this is a good thing for him. Maybe he can get this dub. Danny Jacobs takes the fight, and maybe he's going he's gonna to put it to him. You know, he went in there. Danny Jacobs said he went in there like the size of a cruiserweight. So he was in there big. Jacobs was small. Thought he was going to be able to give it to him. Fight starts. It's looking like he's walking him down. You know, same old Chavez, though. You know, he's not really throwing a lot of punches. He's just coming in, getting hit, you know, trying to throw his big shots. But he's landing some some of them left, them left hooks, landing them. Um, Jacobs doesn't he's not shaking up Jacobs but you can tell Jacobs is feeling it so I'm thinking okay we're about to have a pretty good fight Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden we see the real the Canelo Chavez Jr. come to play he's just standing there coming forward and just getting hit for no reason not throwing too many punches throwing maybe five punches around you know I don't really know exactly how many but it wasn't a lot he's throwing little punches just coming in, getting beat up. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's taking his time. Maybe, you know, then you see he gets bloodied up. I'm like, okay, I don't know. This is looking bad. And then they show Chavez Jr. I mean, then they show Chavez Sr. sitting on the sideline. He looks, he looks like he's, you know, oh man, just up. Yeah. He's just, he's, He's horrified as a father, and they're watching his son. And then they they pan back to Chavez Jr. He's saying no. Like, I don't understand. Like, to me, it seems like he's saying that he wants to keep on fighting. And he's like, no, 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 you know. But I didn't, you know, I didn't get what the hell was going on. They call a fight. He says his hand is broke. He says it's his hand. Then he says it's his nose. I don't know what the hell was going on with the man. Crowd had enough. They start throwing beers and shit in the ring. You know, I feel them. You know, they're booing. Arizona out there, Mexican crowd, you know, they were pro Chavez Jr. um, 
uh, fan base out there. Every time he landed a shot or every time he got close, they were screaming and hollering. Everybody wanted to see him win. I wanted to see him win. But he let us down and quit again, man. Um, this is the second second time he's done that to us. And I think everybody's just got to, you know, just got to let it go. Hopefully he doesn't fight anymore. Um, I think he does have, I guess his nose is broken. They showed, I think you sent something where he was in the hospital. This was the day after he's talking. His blood, his his nose is still leaking blood. So maybe he did it's have, true. you know, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe it was a a broken nose. But you know, we saw a guy at MMA the last week fighting with a broken jaw. Oh. You know, so I don't, you know, broken nose. I don't know, man. We'll see if they let him if he still fights. It was a disowned thing. I think he's uh with the zone sounds like Eddie Hearn is he keeps on saying I, I saw a little interview with Eddie Hearn he said he's still like he has a soft spot for Chavez Jr. so he might get another chance but it won't be with me hopefully he doesn't headline any more cards you know he let everybody down man um and the thing is it looked like it was going to be an all right fight you know the first two rounds first two rounds looked like it was going to be an all right fight third fourth fifth round you're like all right then he gave up, man. So, you know, he should be ashamed of himself. Um, even though I don't condone people throwing stuff in the ring, uh, I, I feel exactly how they felt. You know, they were they weren't throwing stuff at Danny Jacobs. Only Chavez Jr. He had to go out, you know, getting pelted. I know he feels sick. You know, but no, you got to imagine few. how much. There's a few that were. There, I'm sorry to cut you off, but there's a few guys that were throwing stuff when Jacobs was doing his, his, his post-fight interviews. It wasn't much, maybe like two or three of them, but they were still, yeah. I mean, I get it, like you say, because, hey, people who paid for that shit, they're like, hey, man, we're getting, we're getting way more than, than what we paid for as far as the price of admission. This turned into a, a hell of a fight. And when that happens, yeah, I understand. I get what, I get what it is. But, yeah, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Really. you got to continue. But, yeah, there was a few fans that threw a few things at Danny Jacobs. They had to use the scorecards as, like, a shield um, with the people surrounding Jacobs after that. Yeah, when happened. he was talking. Yeah, when he was talking, they were. It seemed like they were, but I, never, I didn't see anything come back. But when he was leaving out, you know, when they showed him leaving out, he didn't have to run out like Chavez uh, Jr. did. Chavez Jr. had to get oh, covered yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. And, he had, yeah, he had to jog out of there. It looks like they were showing a little bit more respect to uh, Danny Jacobs. So we see they were mad at their guy, man. Um, like I said, he should be ashamed of himself. Uh, he was out of control. The crowd was out of control. The whole damn thing was out of control. Like uh, was that like White Mike would say? But yeah, man, he let me down. Poor effort, Danny Jacobs. He showed a little, you know, he showed a little heart in there going up against a guy like that. Chavez Jr. putting the pressure on him and him just standing there and giving him that work because, you know, he stuck, he was sort of running around at first, Danny Jacobs moving around, but then, you know, he stood still, started giving him that work. Now, Chavez Jr. again wasn't throwing too many punches, but, you know, I want to see, we'll see what Danny Jacobs has in store. He says he wants to fight, uh, what was that? He was at um, Super Middleweight. He says he wants to maybe fight some of those guys, maybe Billy Joe Saunders, Kalen Smith, one of those guys. Yeah, he's also said he'll go back down to 160 to get Charlo or Golovkin. So it seems like he's got 
couple of fights that he can make. Seems like Eddie Hearn has sort of, you know, got his back. And we'll see what the future holds for him, man. But pretty good yeah. pretty good performance on this hand, on this day, especially going against a guy that much bigger than you. Yep. Uh, I echo a lot of the sentiments you put out and and a, a good point by you, Willa, bringing up the fact that the the image of Chavez Senior is just like, man, like like you can't like you can't quit like that being a a, a Chavez like a Cesar Chavez in boxing, like it's just probably the worst look ever. He probably would have had a better look um, if his son just got, you know, knocked out, but fighting with, with heart and dog in him. But good point, Will. Uh, JP, a sign we see you got on, so we'll get to you after we go to JP, touch on this fight, Chavez and Jacobs, and then uh, um, we'll swing it around. But uh, JP, you know me and Will, sometimes we got a soft spot for fighters when it comes to similar fan bases, as I, as I described with, the Chavez Jr. fans thinking, yo, you know, just work hard and maybe, who knows, if he just stays in the gym and Broner, if he just lets his hands go, maybe, you know. But I know that you have not had that soft spot when it comes to fighters and you'll tell it how it is, point blank, period. So, with that being said, the floor is yours, JP. What was your thoughts and your takeaway from this ugly fight that had happened on Friday night? Yeah, man, it's just, you know, exactly what I, you know, Come on, it's Chavez Jr. Gotta understand, man, he had his soul snatched by Sergio Martinez, and he hasn't been nothing but a, a carnival show ever since. Now, um, you know, has he made good money? And if that's your objective, uh, being Julio Cesar Chavez's son, and, you know, yeah, he's probably done well. He's probably done way better, especially being a silver spoon guy we're talk- we talked about and all that. You know, the guy's made a living for himself um, boxing. And at one time, a long time ago, I actually thought he was legitimate. But at this point, man, he's long gone. And this is not the first time they, they've thrown shit in the ring and beers at his ass. They did that in uh, Carson when he fought, fought somebody right down here in Carson, California. So, you know, and this is just Eddie Hearn, you know, just exploiting the Mexican fan base. But the, the simply put, the, the fact is about Chavez, he's always, even after this, just one legitimate win away from drawing a crowd again. If Chavez could ever go out there and beat Billy Joe Saunders, if Chavez could ever just land some ma- magical mm-hmm. God-sent right hand and knock somebody out, man, they'll be back in line and don't ever let them be able to string a couple fights together of legitimacy, but it, it can't happen. He's not good enough, and he's just depleted. Man, the guy's a drug addict, and it's pretty clear to see. You know, and it's kind of, you know, again, is Eddie Hearn just exploiting, you know, the fan base and everybody and scraping the bottom of the barrel to give Daniel Jacobs a name, to, to give him somebody worth to bring a crowd out with. Because, you know, Danny got a, a contract. He got to fight somebody. You know, we got to get some money out the shit. So, and that's all it is, man. I told you, the dude should get Everlast tattooed across his forehead because he is literally a punching bag, for real, for real. And you look at those pictures of him in the hospital, and you wonder, like, damn, I hope you got paid because it looked like I'd consider 
Like if somebody was like, I'm going to shoot you, you know, a million bucks, but you got to take this ass whooping. There's a lot of things a guy like me would do for a million dollars. Um, taking an ass whooping, definitely being one of them. That's an easy one for me. But damn, I'm looking at him like, shit, you know, he's beat the fuck up. You know what I mean? So taking an ass whooping, uh, I'm not going to call him a failure to his father, dog. I mean, I know that's the narrative. And I, I guess you could definitely say that. But for a silver spoon guy, and if we go back and look at some of these other father and sons out there, you know, Joe Fraser had a son, uh, Marvis Hagler. I mean, what was it? Yeah, what was it? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think I know Donald Hearns. Uh, you know, there are a lot of Aaron Pryor recently. Yeah, Aaron Pryor had a son, Camacho Jr., who I actually thought was something at the time. Man, I used to love Camacho Jr. But, um, you know, man, hey, and, you know, old Floyd and Floyd Sr., even though Sr. being the fuck up of the two, Sr. was a damn good fighter. I encourage everybody, and him and Sugar Ray both fought when they was 13 and 0. Both of them was 13, 13 and 0. And you could definitely see Floyd's style all in his father in that fight. So watch that fight. It's a good fight. Um, but, yeah, as far as father, sons, and sports, you know, shit, Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Jr., Sr., you know, those are some of the best. But Chavez Jr. and Chavez Sr., they did all right, man. They did all right. Chavez Jr. should just retire. No longer exploit your, your likeness like this, man. And that's where it starts to become a failure to your father when you're just out here exploiting what he done done because you ain't earned this. You offer his name, and you was just yep. good enough to earn your own legitimacy. But if you continue to go out here and besmudging your father's name and his legacy and living off his likeness, that's when I'm not fucking with you. Now, I've been not fucking with you, but you better stop now. That's it for me. Yep. Yep. I totally agree with you, man. Totally agree with you. Um, let's take it to the Pacific Northwest and see what Simon has to say about this. Uh Yo, Sam, uh, I, w- I was telling you the other day about how we compared the fan bases of Adrian Bronner and Julio Cesar Chavez. I mean, I don't know if fans would go so far as to throw things at Adrian Bronner after a fight. When we know how crazy he talks, but Julio Cesar Chavez got that, and I think he, you know, probably deserved that for that 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 no mas that he gave up against Daniel Jacobs. Man, what, what's your takeaway from the whole fight that it transpired between those two? Uh, yeah, man. Good morning, man. Um, uh, yeah, what I, you know, what I thought of the fight, man, was kind of what I saw. I heard, I heard a little bit of what you all been talking about the fight. Kind of, you know, basically what you guys seen, which was a fight where early on it looked like it was gonna, you know, he came, he was trying to impose his size, you know, his strength on Jacobs and stuff, and it, it looked like it was starting to heat up a little bit, and then it seemed like once he got hit with that punch that caused the cut. It just seemed like he didn't really throw many punches after that, and then the round ended, and he just didn't want to come out again. And he just took his check and was like, I'm done. And the crowd went crazy. You know, that's not cool. I don't like that at all. Just because, you know, none of, nobody in the crowd is going to throw a drink on a fighter in their face. So don't do that, you know, don't do that sneaky stuff. Don't just think because you're in a crowd that, you know, you're going to throw something on somebody and stuff. So I'm not with that. But 
you know, it's funny. I heard a little bit of what Willa said. Willa, you know, you know, people are people out here. You know, you know, they're sneaky. Willa's a Willa's a slickster out here. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's like, oh, the fight went like the Canelo <laughs> fight. No, it didn't. You know, Uh-oh. that fight went 12 rounds. No power punches had any effect on uh, Chavez Jr. His nose didn't get broken. He didn't get a cut. He didn't. I mean, he didn't quit. So stop it. Stop it. We get it. You know, you're a fan of Canelo. No, no. I said. But, no, I said. I said Chavez went to that to that mode of just standing there and just getting beat up and not throwing punches. I didn't say. I said Chavez went. To, you know, I was saying Chavez did the same thing. Not Canelo did the same thing. But Chavez just stopped throwing punches and just was coming forward to get beat up for some reason. That's what I was saying. Yeah, well, I that think, fight looks yeah, very. I think, I, that fight was that, very. Fishy I think that those, but you know, I think those gloves that Chavez had on that night against Canelo are still for sale. For sale as brand new, never been used. Yeah, he was throwing like yeah, he wasn't throwing nothing. There was one moment where he threw like a body shot against like a, a, a two body shots to uh, Canelo. And Canelo was on the ropes, and he just backed up. I was like, hmm, okay. We know what time it is with this one, bro. You know, but uh, – and everybody thought I was crazy back then. But, again, what happened right after that? Video started getting posted of Chavez Jr. celebrating and partying, you know? So – With hoes. With, uh, with these ladies and stuff, you know? So, come on, man. We know what time it is. But, anyways, you know, if you want to, to – as far as how the fight went – I think it went more like the Fonfara fight, you know, where he quit. You know, he quit in that fight. So, but, you know, uh, hey, you know, uh, you know, great negotiating with, you know, Team Jacobs, you know. You know, you know, I'm not big on the business, but I guess that's the new thing these days. So, when we're talking business, you know, using Rosado as leverage to get an extra M, hey, good business, Jacobs, you know. Overall, good business going on at the zone too. They're writing crazy checks. You know what I'm saying? So that's why uh, we're going to see. You remember? You know? it, it, it slips. It slips from my mind how much Jacobs made that fight. Do you have the numbers that he got uh, for, as far as the purse? I believe he made over five million with wow. the mil, mil. Yeah. So combined with the fifteen he made over for the Canelo, that's why his earnings were like twenty plus million for this for for the year. But you know. You know, so, yeah, you know, when it comes to the business side, you know, and all that, when everybody wants to become, you know, uh, business-minded and shit, you know, hey, they're doing some good things over there at the zone. They're writing checks that people can't turn down, you know. That's why uh, we saw earlier with Mikey recently, and we're going to see him very soon. Is Simba going to take the check and take the fight? Is he going to do it? If not... We're going to find out about his true fighting character. But anyways, back to Chavez. You know, um, yeah, man, just, you know, just call it quits, man. Stop stressing out your, your dad like that. It's killing his dad, man. You see his dad's faces and stuff and, a, and his reactions during these fights? Just retire, man. Leave it alone, man. Well, you're, you're, putting your dad through the, you're putting your dad through the ringer, man. Just leave it, leave it alone, man. But, uh, you know, you know, hey, Jacobs is on to the next. Pro, you know, there's rumors of Saunders, Callum Smith, and all that. So uh, there's also rumors for Canelo fighting those guys too. We know how Canelo is, very strategically business-minded. So he'll take the guy he thinks is the easier fight. 
because Canelo wants to get a legitimate title at 168. The title he has right now is not a real title. So he'll take the guy that is weaker, and I think, to him, and I think Jacobs will fight the other guy. So if he takes – if Canelo chooses Callum, I think Jacobs will choose, will fight Saunders and vice versa. I like both yeah, you guys want to touch up on any of that was said? Go ahead. Janelle? No, I was I, No, Janelle ain't there. No, I was saying uh I like both of those fights, man. Um Jacobs looked pretty strong in there last night. Uh you know, so I want to see what he can do against the bigger guys, you know, after Canelo pushed him out of the uh out of the middleweight division, you know. Um so yeah, Caleb Smith. I don't know how good he is. Billy Joe, Billy Ho Saunders is what I like to call him. You know, he's ducked Andrade. We we don't know what kind of guy he is, man. So yeah, I will. I would like to see both those guys against uh, Danny Jacobs. We already know Canelo is better than Danny Jacobs. Um, so yeah, we'll see where. Yeah, I would like to see both of those fights, and I'd like to see the Charlo fight too. So he called out. He called out what four guys, right? Said he wants the champions. Charlo or that Triple G rematch. Uh, Triple G ain't giving him the rematch. Charlo, you know, he's probably got a big check for Andrade. So we'll see, man. Triple looking, G ain't looking bright nobody, Like I keep telling everybody, I've been saying this shit for like two years, maybe three years now, I forget. Since he got exposed by Jacobs, he is not fighting no top-level dudes unless it's uh, – um, Canelo. He's not trying to fight any of these other dudes. He's just trying to get his little paydays and try to fight him as many times he can. You know, the only reason why he fought Derevchenko was because of the belt on the line, and I think he thought in his mind that oh, Jacobs did that to him, so I can do that. But, you know, you know, you're just not Jacobs. Like, I mean, Jacobs, I mean, he just is better than you at this point in, in the career, you know? So you're shot. Like, you're shot. You have no defense. So that's why you got beat up by Midget. But, um, so, uh, but yeah, he's not fighting nobody, bro. He's not, he said, he said he's going to fight Derevchenko in a rematch. He said he would. I don't believe him. I don't believe he'll fight Jacobs in a rematch. I don't believe he'll fight, fight Billy Joe. I don't believe he'll fight Callum. I don't believe he'll fight Andrade. I don't believe he'll fight Simba. He will fight Canelo, though, for the bag. That's it. And I already said, I think he's going to get stopped in that fight. So, yeah, man. So don't even bring up Triple G. You know, we, know we his his plan is very, very clear if you're paying attention. Yep, yep. And, and, and another thing, that was a, also a good point you made, time about how much Chavez Jr. is stressing his dad out. That looked like every time I see Chavez Sr., when we have these moments with Chavez Jr., it's just, you know, got the Chavez Jr. little headgear on and uh, the little, uh, what, what whatever you call that. And, you know, he's just always just so just like, it's like he loses any time Chavez Jr. loses. And, yeah, I'm I'm on that same boat as uh, that's a hang it up kind of a, a of a exiting that he did in the sport. You got to hang it up after that, man. The fans, you'll have a small amount that still will, have, will believe in you. But for the most part, Everyone else been done with you. You just 
prove them exactly why they prove them right why they're done with Chavez Jr. Um, but uh, hey, but you guys noticed you, something? What I was just saying about Triple G. Last I checked, Triple G has never been affiliated with Al Heyman or PBC. But I just talked about how he's ducking and and this and that and you know. So yeah, we we keep the same energy no matter who you're affiliated with. No fanboyism coming here. <laughs> very interesting, very interesting. Something to keep note on, I suppose. Uh, speaking of PBC time, you missed out on the talk this morning that we had about the performance yesterday or the <laughs> fight yesterday uh, oh, between Tony Harrison and Jamel Charlo. Um, any comments that you got on that one yesterday? Because I know you did. You did tell me that you heard you were picking Charlo in this fight. Lions and only. I was on the other side. Yeah, Lions only. Yeah, that that definitely happened. So, uh, Simon, your take on the PBC. fight that happened last night on PBC. <laughs> PBC. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it was a good fight, man, bro. Uh, good fight, man. I mean, I wouldn't. I would say it was just below fight of the year candidate. You know, like the fight of the year candidates, it wasn't Spence. To me, my my fight of the year was Spence Porter. Um, you know, shout out to the PBC for that one, you know. So, uh, um, but, you know, it was a good fight, very good fight. Um, I thought uh, Charlo showed that he, he's got the will to win, man. Like he's, you know, I thought he was losing. I thought uh, Harrison was pretty much better in every aspect for most of the fight. You know, he did get knocked down, though, That's just, but, you know, that's just one point there. But just watching the fight and judging the boxers at what, you know, at every category, I would think, to me, Harrison was looking mostly better at everything. But Charlo, you know, started settling down early on. He looked wild. He was doing his best Deontay Wilder impression at 154 pounds. Uh, but he settled down, and eventually the openings came, got him out of there and everything. So... Uh, you know the stoppage. You know, you know people. You know, I'm, I don't know, man. The, the overall that night, the night, the night was kind of weird with the refereeing. You know, you got the, you got the, uh, the one where Balderas. They gave Balderas uh-huh. a chance. That was the young to keep man. Going. Name. I was speaking on that this morning. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, like where Balderas was done. You know, he, but he was able to last the end of the round, and then keep going the next round. Now, he did eventually get stopped, but you see that, but then... Wasn't know, he Harrison, falling back, right? <laughs> yeah, he felt... When he told... The ref told him, take a step forward, he took a step back. He leaned back. He fell back. The, yeah. You know? You know? So, you know, the overall refereeing was a little... And then... And then, um... And then the, the heavyweight fight, uh, you know, Ajaba was, you know... Beat, you know, was beating him up and this and that. And dude, he, dude was so hurt. He was he was doing the stanky leg on repeat, and the ref wouldn't stop it. You know, so like then eventually he threw a right hand when Ajaba got a little lazy and got caught and got dropped. But in reality, it's like, I mean, a lot of fatalities been going on and things like that. Like, should that fight? We're talking about a big puncher here. You know like, hitting you, and they kept letting it go. It's like, come on, man, that's a little dangerous, man. And I think that's why, you know, so, hey, to be honest, man, Ajaba, man, hey, I didn't like to see that from Ajaba, man. If the referee is going to let you keep hitting this dude, you got to keep hitting him. Stop looking to the ref. Just 
if something happens, it happens. You got to have the kill, killer instinct for every second of every round. I didn't like to see that. That showed me a lack of. Maybe he's not a killer, man. You know what I mean? You gotta. You can't be. You know, you can't be sympathetic in there, man. Because that dude obviously wasn't for you. He decided to fight back finally and dropped you. So, yeah. So the refereeing overall was a little. But, but hey, the way I look at it is, if you don't want to get stopped, don't get caught with the shot. So hey, fair play to me. Um, and uh, we'll see. I mean, right now, hey, look, man, Jamel. Personality-wise, he, he kind of like, uh, he's kind of a weirdo. But, hey, man, he, to me, he's proven to me he's a real fighter. His resume speaks for itself. I can't really think of anybody he's really ducked. So, Jamel, you know, he's proven to me, man. He's proven to me that he'll, you know, he'll take the fights. He's ready to fight anybody, this and that. His brother now, he's got a lot to show and prove, brother. You know, you got to show me. So, Simba, you still got some work to do. But your brother, little Charlo, he, he's a real he's a real one. Does Tony Harrison have to? Uh, does Tony Harrison need to retire? Oh yeah, we don't we don't change our mind. We stay we stick to our word. Yeah, Tony Harrison, hang it up <laughs> unless you need the money. Oh man, uh, Tony Harrison looked pretty good. Why does he? Can you tell us why again? Oh, because he should be shot mentally now, right? No, no, I've, I've said it before. Go check the tapes, homie. When I, when Keith Thurman lost to Manny Pacquiao, I said the same thing. To me, at the elite level, if unless you need to fight for the money, I'm good with it. Keep fighting. But to me, at that level, if you if it's been pretty much proven that you ain't gonna be the best, then there's no point in fighting no more. This is boxing. This is the hurt sport. To me, there's no reason to be putting yourself in there when you're never gonna be the best. So, hey, that's what it told me. The way they ran their mouth, they both ran their mouth like they were going to do all this shit. And to me, the loser wasn't going to be the same for a lot of reasons and was never going to be the best. So whether it was Charlo losing to Harrison, if Charlo lost to Harrison, it's like, okay, you lost again. You're never going to be the best, bro. You're never going to be the best at 54. You're never going to be the best at 160 if you move up. Harrison, now you lost to Charlo. You've already lost to Hurd, and you lost to Willie Nelson. You're never going to be the best. Keith Thurman, you oh, lost shit. to a 40-year-old nigga. If we do that, Pacquiao, you you're never going to be the best. Fight anybody. Huh? If we do that, like, there won't be any fighters to fight, right? But yeah, then keep fighting for the money. If you need the money, keep fighting. I'm saying if you my, – my thing is this. Keith Thurman, for, like, Keith Thurman is a more – is a more, like, ex, like, clear example because we know Keith Thurman's been in big fights, like money fights, right? Where he's made pretty good money. He's a guy where, like, Harrison probably needs the money to keep fighting. So, with Keith, Keith's had a fight with Pacquiao, Danny, Porter, you know, whatever, okay? If he's done good with his money, he's invested in everything, Keith, you just lost to a 40-year-old midget, bro. You ain't beating Crawford. You ain't beating Spence if he gets healthy. You ain't beating Porter in a rematch. I'm, when I say you're not beating him, not saying you lose to every single one of them, but you ain't going to beat the ones you need to beat to become the best. You'll lose to one of them for sure. Because you just lost to a 40-year-old midget, dude. That lost to Jeff Horn. Man, stop that shit. Yeah. I, I, get, I get what you're saying by that. It does make, it does make sense because when I first heard 
uh, uh, seen the, the the text feed that we had. I was like, "What are you talking about retire?" Like, what? I get what you're saying. That definitely does make sense when you put it in that perspective. So, I mean, I, I mean, think, it doesn't think... make real sense, but I mean, in a some type of fan fanboy fantasy world, it makes sense. You know, because we always throw out the window that these are actual people with families that, of course, you know, they're at some point you do realize that these guys are actually looking at dollars. You know, they're not just fighting. Like oh, yeah, that. I, I keep saying it, man. Maybe you need to clean out your ears, man. I just said if you need the money, no, so So even to try to qualify that shit by saying to me, does it make sense? You can't. Are you always trying to qualify shit by saying this is my opinion? That shit don't yeah, count me. either. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta have agree, something that's valid. Don't agree. I'm saying to me, at that, when you're fighting a sport where you take a lot of damage in training to just get to the fight, and then you take a lot of damage in the fight with eight ounce or ten ounce gloves to, to your head, to your body. If you're able to step a, step out of the game early with your faculties with your money intact, with with good investments, and you can act, so you can actually take care of your family for the rest of your life, to me, that's the way to go. Because unless you can keep trying to strive to be the best, there, to me, there's no reason why to be in the sport like boxing. It's just not basketball where you can be a star one day and keep cashing them checks, being a role player off the bench, just sitting in the corner hitting threes. You're not doing that. You're actually taking punishment. So that's the point I'm making. But if Tony Harrison probably needs the money, I don't know about a lot of college he's made. For a fighter, the normal psychology for a fighter, I would think, isn't to be like, you know what? I lost to Pacquiao. I lost to this guy. I'm never going to be the best. I'm out of here. I think the normal psychology, like most of us, is, man, man, if I, if I sharpen this, if I sharpen that, next time I won't eat. Next time, I, I think it's a thing where they're thinking, like, I can next time, you know, um, if I make this adjustment. I, can, I think that's the psychology that's more normal to a person and better get Yeah, a, and that's the problem. Delusions athlete. of grandeur. Delusions of grandeur, man. We're talking about being self-aware, self-reflective, man. Being honest with yourself. That's what I'm talking about. But if you need the money or if you don't, or if you don't have another career pivot you can do, you know, hey, man, I'm good with it. Fight all you want. I'm just saying, a guy like Keith Thurman, for, like, you got the pay-per-view fight with uh, Pacquiao. You've got, you, know, the pay, you know, you've been getting good pay- paydays with the PBC and everything. And you also haven't been showing the hunger for the sport like you had before. And, and, that's, a, and that's even maybe even a bigger oh, yeah. thing. Is yeah, yeah, we talked about too. that too. So when the hunger's gone too, that's where, or at least slipped a little bit, then you know just 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 bow out, man. You know, but that's just me. If hey, I'm not saying y'all gotta agree with me, but don't think you're gonna change my mind. That ain't happening. We all know that'll never happen, son. I, I get what you're saying. It's uh, for Keith Thurman. I guess he could be the, the prime example for that, because not only the you know after he got married. He seemed like a little bit of hunger was lost, but he he still is a band-aid fighter to a certain extent where he's been out of the ring with a lot of injuries and, and things of that nature. So you have to take into accountability some of that those things. But um yeah, I don't know I don't know what the purses are. 
I don't know what the purses were, I should say, yesterday, but I do. I would want to find out how much Tony Harrison had made because I guarantee you that's probably the biggest payday he ever received that he uh, got directly deposited last night. So, um, you know, that would be interesting to figure out where he's going to go from here on out. And um, <clears throat> I get what you're saying as far as that goes, but um, would you want to see a trilogy fight? And do you think that there will be a trilogy fight? This goes for all of us over here. So, Willie, you want to swing it around? And I mean, I- I'm thinking I'm thinking that there probably should be one, and I think a lot of people would be highly entertained if there was. So I think that there should be a trilogy. Willie? Okay. Well, yeah, um, he, like I said, Harrison proved that he's uh, that he's got the, he's got hella skills, man. But you know, when asked, Charlo, they asked about the trilogy. Charlo said, "Yeah, hell yeah." But I'm moving on to bigger and better things. So the trilogy is gone, and that's why I think um, Harrison was so, you know, he was so sad, and he knew it. He knew this might be his only chance to get this belt. Um, yeah, Charlo's not fighting him again. That was a tough fight. That was a real tough fight for Charlo. That's why I don't know how. I mean, I understand Simes tries to keep it, uh, you know, consistent. But Harrison looked pretty damn good in there. It looked like, you know, if given another chance, he might be able to, to beat Charlo. If, uh, you know, if he doesn't get dropped at the end of the fight, um, you know, he might have been able to He might be able to win. So, you know, I, like I said, it was a great fight. Harrison got a, a a bigger fan out of me, but we ain't seeing that that third fight. I would like I would like to see it. Um, it didn't look like in the at the post uh, the press conference didn't look like Harrison was down was too down on himself or too down on his skills. Um, I don't think that depleted him of anything like that of anything mental like that. I think he just realized he got caught. And uh, but we ain't seeing that fight again. Maybe further, maybe in a couple of years, but you know, it is one and one. Back in the olden days, Charlo would have gave him another shot, but this ain't the olden days. Too much money to make, uh, unifications to be made. Uh, Charlo's going for the unifications. He's saying he's making history. He's not looking, at, and it's not a duck because, like uh, Sam said, he's not ducking anybody, but he's trying to make history. So he's going to go after Julian Williams, which we already know he could beat. Then whoever gets that WBO belt. Maybe we'll see an undisputed champion in 2020, 2021 at a junior middleweight. Yeah. Yeah. JP. It's excited for the, you know, the kind of champion we have, you know, you know, that boy, you know, what we thought was a weakness and him being overly emotional I think it's like what he said. He's just a passionate person. <clears throat> and, um, you know, like Simon said, the resume speaks for itself. Uh, excited to see him move on. Going to get the J-Rock. That'll be good. Get a unified champion. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll have these dudes uh, going into the future. Let's see what happens with them. They're going to they're gonna be fighting somebody soon. So I'm just excited for that. I hear you. I hear you. I'm with that. Sign trilogy or no trilogy? Out the window and forgotten about, or a down the road, or uh, a future possibility? Well, obviously, I've already stated how I feel. But if he decides to keep keep on with his career, um, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I, I I don't mind seeing them fight again, but I would want to see 
just for the fact like their their whole like thing, like their whole little uh, you know, history with each other. But I would want to see them do one to two one to two fights in between, and then come back and revisit it. But you know, I know J Rock is doing his little. Um, I think he's fighting in Philadelphia, um, in like a uh, in a, like a return to home type fight. You know, voluntary defense uh, in Philly or something like that. And um, after that, there's there's already talk that him and Heard might do the rematch again after that. But we'll see on that. Um, if not, then maybe they do the unification. But I know the guy that holds the WBO, like his name is like Patrick Tresera or whatever. He There's already been rumors that if Crawford can't get one of the top welterweights, he might move up to 54 and fight him for his title. So we'll see how that works. But um, – um, you know what what's going on with that, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, if he if he decides to keep on with his career, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them again. I mean, the, both fights show that neither is like uh overwhelmingly better than the other. The styles mesh pretty well. The the both both fights were pretty technical. So um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. As far you know, if he decides to keep keep on, but hey, you already know how I, I feel about it in reality. Yeah, I remember Texter. That's right. He did win the uh, the vacant WBO uh championship like at the beginning of the month. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Okay, good. I'm glad we cleared that up. I was trying to think of that one as well, but that there. Uh that might be someone else's if something doesn't happen in the welterweight division. But you know, segueing to the welterweight division, which is our final topic here. Um, was the Earl Spence sighting that we seen yesterday? Um, I I haven't seen anything of Earl Spence um, up until last night, and uh, you know, Truth was talking about how he's doing okay, doing good, happy to be alive, spend time with his family, all that good stuff, and that's great. It's great. I'm glad he's in good spirits. Still, um, still a little banged up. Um, which is obvious from the viewing we've seen. Uh, still, you know, lips still cut, still looks a little swollen. He's got some marks on his head and just still looks a little beat up. Um, but he said ideally his return time would be summertime. And, uh, you know, he didn't say anything to the effect of when I come back, I want to, you know, get a warm-up or something like that. He said straight to the point that, when he comes back, he wants to face the top contenders. And he even mentioned Terrence Crawford, which was surprising to me. Um, now, if PBC goes down that road and wants to throw him right away in there with the dogs, um, I think that would be a bad decision because I don't think that he's coming off of what he's coming off of. I don't think we're going to get the same guy immediately. Um, I, would, I, I think Al, Al Heyman would be a smarter man than that and wouldn't put his fighter in um, harm's way or jeopardy so soon. But um, I don't know. The, the the extent of his injury and the graphic video footage that we can see and the, the physical abuse that he has suffered because so was on full display yesterday. They were even showing the video of his car crash during the interview, which I don't, I'm not going to say it's Bush League or nothing like that, but I just think they probably shouldn't have shown that. Um, that's just me, but he says ideally 
summertime is where he's coming out, not spring, which the interviewer tried to say spring maybe or fall or fall. Like, I'm sorry, not spring, but fall is what he said. And it's like that fall seems too far away for Earl Spence. He's looking to get back in summertime, and he wants all the smoke, apparently. So my question to you, starting with Willa, is, is this too soon of a return for Earl Spence, judging by the guy that we seen yesterday being interviewed? And two-part question would be, does he get in there right away with these top dogs? Like, for me, I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's too soon for now, and I think that he should take a tune-up, 100%. You know, get in there with, uh, I don't know, get in there with uh, Jesse Vargas or something. As soon as Manny, <laughs> as soon as Mikey Garcia is done with them, or, or something like that. You know, but. Um, I don't know. Willa, what's your take on this all? Because yesterday it was a, it was a tough sighting to see the the man known as the truth looking like a beat-up, humbled individual. Yeah, man. It was, almost, it was almost sad. You know, we've been hearing for the longest that he's been okay, uh, that everything was all right. But, you know, uh, we haven't seen him. He finally makes his debut on Fox, um, his debut interview on Fox. And he looked sort of like – you know, his, he looked a little swollen, um, and he sort of sounded like he was just like a tad bit slower. You know, not you know, not 100%, not like he was, you know, totally out of it. But it seems like he was a little slower. He didn't sound the same, you know, um, and it was, it was sad to see, man. And from what I'm thinking, you know, he said that he was, did he say in May or June or something like that, he was he was going to be back and he wanted the big fights. He didn't want to tune up. And what that could be saying to me is that he's trying to, he might be looking for that last big payday to call it, to call it, uh, you know, to call it a career. Um, I don't, you know, he sounded a little punch, punch drunk and, you know, flying out of Ooh. car that's doing hell of speed and, you know, hitting your head on the cement busting your teeth up, you know, his jaw wasn't broken. So I don't know why he would sound like that unless, you know, he's just a little, you know, just a little off, a little slower. Um, and I hate to see that, man. You know, I always thought Crawford would beat him, but, you know, and I'm saying this now, we haven't seen him, you know, he was saying he did the mitts, you know, the way he was even talking, like, you know, I was doing the mitts and all that, you know, he never really sounded like the smartest, you know, he always sound real country. I won't say he didn't sound smart, but he always sound real country when he talks, but it seemed like he was just like a second off. Like he could, you know, he had mm-hmm. they asked him the question. He would have to take a second to think about it. Then he would put the words over to him. You know, he's done the mitts. He's done the heavy bag, even done a little running. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Is, is he going to be able to take a punch? Uh, you know, Jesse Vargas might be too much for him. You know, somebody's coming, trying to, you know, coming the whole time, man. It, we're going to have to see. And I would want to see him fight somebody, not even on Jesse Vargas level, a super tune-up, a super tune-up to see to see what he has, man, because, you know, it didn't look too good to me. It was almost a little sad. And, Yeah. I think if he's looking for the big fight, he wants the big fight right off the bat. Them, he wants that Manny Pacquiao. I think that's the first name he said, Manny Pacquiao. And Manny Pacquiao, if, if he was smart, he'd take the fight um, and try to get him out of there, you know, even though that's sort of like, you know, kicking a man when he's down. But 
to me, yep. the only thing I could think of is maybe maybe Earl Spence knows that he's messed up and he wants that big payday, that last big payday. And if, you know, or maybe just start off with the big payday just in case it's his last one. You know, you don't want to get – he doesn't believe in himself. You don't want to get dropped by some guy nobody's ever heard of, lose your belts. And, that is you true. Know, you're washed up. You know, you fight the Manny Pacquiao fight. You get a couple, you know, you get uh, your highest, your biggest payday. And, you know, if you win and you look good, you're good. If you lose, you're still good because you got, you know, you got that big payday, man. So it didn't look too good to me for Earl. I would, if I was him, I mean, I mean, I, I understand what, if, if I'm right, I understand what he's trying to do. But if, as a fan of his, a, a person that if I'm, you know, a super fan, not a super fan, but as a fan of his, and I want to see him get back to where he was, I would definitely want to see him do a two-no fight to see where he was, man. But I can understand, hey, this is my last one. Let me go out with a bang. Yeah, you made some interesting points with that. I mean, because only Earl Spence knows how Earl Spence is feeling at this point in time physically. I'm sure he's getting up out of bed every day and feeling some shit that he's never felt before. Um, yeah, that was tough yesterday because he was a little slow. You could tell he was trying to get back to that, like trying to get back to the like I'm a real Spence. This is how I this is how I this is how I communicate when I'm talking about um, doing what I do as a profession. But then you could tell it just wasn't there. It was like he was trying to turn it on, but it was flickering a little bit, you know. And um, it's totally understandable, bro. I mean, the man's been through. He's lucky to be alive. And then another thing to take into consideration is he did mention Terrence Crawford, but it's uh, it's like you said, kicking a man while he's down. But at the end of the day, this is the hurt business. And I'm sure if if that, let's just say, hypothetically came about, where Spence said, you know what, forget all this, meet across the street, talk, I want to fight Bud Crawford, and Al Heyman presents a contract. Bud Crawford would know in the back of his mind, this is this is food on a plate, because I thought I could beat you when you're at the top of your game anyways, and I believe that. I'm sure he believed that. But now, you know you're going to go in there with a broken fighter, mentally and physically. Would you take that? Would you take that pen and put it to the pad? Or would you be like, nah, man, get your stuff together. And I'm gonna take care of these other guys before I get back to you. I want I want Earl Spence at the best tip top of his game, not on a comeback track where you can't even have an interview without being raising some eyebrows, you know? So something to take into consideration. I think that anybody would would sign up for him right now. And, you know, blood in the water is the killer's mentality. You can't have sympathy for for someone like this and and I know it's it's uh, kind of fucked up to even talk about, but hey, it's this is the way business goes in this sport. So um, I was really surprised that he mentioned Terrence Crawford's name, but like you said, Willow, this might be him knowing that the end is near and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel a lot faster than he did previously to this car accident and and injuries that he's you know had to, had to endure. But um, JP, uh, your thoughts about this whole. Um, Spence sighting that we had yesterday and some of the things he had to say and the way he was saying what he said. 
you know, man, let me just start by saying, you know, us as boxing fans, we definitely tend to be uh, prisoners of the moment. Um, that said, we also will put on a different hat. We've all been prisoner of becoming um, ticket brokers when it came to certain fights, right? Um, we started talking about ticket sales at some point with certain fighters. We also started talking about, you know, pay-per-view sales. We, we all become experts at shit, us boxing fans, right? But, um, you know, I'm no neurologist. Uh, I'm no doctor. So I don't know, you know, what Errol Spence's recovery looks like. Looking at him yesterday, he looked to me like a dude who was in a really rough fight, you know what I mean? And now I, I, I liken the comparison to Timothy Bradley after the Provotnikov fight. Timothy Bradley couldn't even fucking talk for like a month and a half after people mm-hmm. were saying. Like, Timothy, so and so that's a whatever uh, leveled concussion, you know, you would scale it at. And that's probably what Errol's going through. Um, does it end his career? I, you know, I just don't know that part. Like, if you're able to regain your physical form, you know, um, I don't know if it plays into that. I don't know. You you could assume um, just wearing tenor is, is, a, is a typical thing. So Errol looks like he's been in a, a really serious car accident. Um, I think it was downplayed by looking at him yesterday. Um, reports seem to be, oh, just a few. Uh, I think he broke a tooth or some shit like that, I think the initial report was. But no, man, Errol yeah. was pretty fucked up. He was pretty fucked up to look like this, what, two months later or something, however long it's been. Um, yeah, so it was really unfortunate. That said, man, I do believe, and he and he um, spoke to it. You know, I believe, you know, I believe in God and stuff like that. So uh, one thing God will say is he's scared to bless you because he might lose you. And um, I think Errol Spence, once he got that money, see, this money, man, is a motherfucker to get. You got to understand it, it. The plot thickens when you get that meal ticket. Oh, yeah. The plot thickens because now you can really be yourself. And yourself is fucked up. And um, you see it happen time and time again. And even to what seems like a good kid. Like, Errol Spence hasn't necessarily committed a crime other than driving while drunk and could have killed multiple people if that were the circumstance. But we've all been guilty of that. I know I have. And, um, you know, but he goes out here and nearly kills himself. I do believe if he can regain form, and gets this second chance, we'll see an even better Errol Spence. One that won't think he can go out and drive his Lambo very fast after drinking at the club. One that will rededicate and understand, shit, I can have this fucking thing taken away from me in a snap. Because we did see the change in Errol. And I always said it could be lending to his performances not being as dominant. Um, you know, Errol was obviously looking like he'd be drinking, he's out hanging, and we didn't see that dude at first on the way up. He just looked like an extremely dedicated fighter. But, uh, you know, prayers for him, man, hopes he gets back. Uh, as far as uh, I love that he mentions names and wants to get back in the mix. Uh, we talked about Crawford not mentioning no names. Crawford's looking to go to 154, but Crawford has Porter problems. And uh, we know they don't duck no fights. And I think 
we know by now when it comes to Kenny Porter, Sean Porter, if they say it, they mean it. The other people, huh, we just don't know now yet, do we? But we'll see. That's all I got to say. Yep, yep, well well said. Um, Sign, the guy that we've seen on Fox the other night making his interview debut since his his car accident uh, didn't look like the guy that we are accustomed to seeing or or hearing, I should say, because obviously the the physical nature of his his incident was going to be on display, and I'm sure he knew that. But uh, judging by what you heard from Somewhere else, Spence, what is your takeaway from the interview that we've seen on Saturday night? Um, man, basically everything y'all took took from it, you know. Um, I mean, you know, when you when you start connecting dots and start putting things together, you know, the accident happened in like early, I think it was early October or something like that. They 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 said he was fine from the jump, but then he like I think he was like in the ICU for like a week. So then you start like, well, why are you in there for a week? Then no photos, no video, just, uh, just a 30 second video. He could have posted on his Instagram or something saying, you know, thank you all for the support. I'm okay. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Then you see that photo come out of him at the, uh, the police station or whatever, the mugshot, you see his face. You're like, okay, that makes sense. he, probably didn't want to post a video because of how his face was looking. Then you see him talking like yesterday, and you're like, okay, if he's talking like that now, two months later, think about how he was probably talking a month ago, you know, or a few weeks after. So it starts – and look, man, this is the thing, man. Like, he is a celebrity. He is, you know, you know, known in the boxing game, one of the top names or whatever. But when situations mm-hmm. like this happen, they don't really – they don't have a. They don't have to tell us anything. In reality, medical records, all that. That's that's your stuff. You know, that's your. You know, that's why they got HIPAA laws and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to tell you nothing. They can choose to, but they're choosing to be private about it and all that, and keep it within the family and the friends and the close people and stuff. So the whole time, you know, I was wondering, you know, eyebrows raised, eyebrows raised based off the reports and everything, and. When, you know, the first reports came out about broken teeth and all that, I'm like, everybody's like, oh, that's cool, that's fine. I'm like, maybe, but he flew out of car, and it was high impact. That means his face landed on the cement high impact. The man takes shots for a living, so we don't know the type of damage might have done to his jaw, to his just everything. Like, how is he going to react to punches, you know? Um, if we're talking a normal person and you, you know, you fly out of car and stuff like that. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Because you just move on to your desk job or whatever, but get your teeth fixed and all that, you know what I'm saying? That's it. But when you're, when you have to take shots in sparring and in fights, that could change a lot of things. Then you hear them when they show the crash. And I, I agree on that. I think they shouldn't have done that, but they showed it and he was like, I don't remember it. What that told me was he was knocked out cold, which means he probably, he sustained a concussion. You know? Yep. So, so now, um, Willa, like Willa pointed out, now they could have been lying. Like I said, they don't have to tell us anything. They, but the, according to them, he did not break his jaw. So then you ask yourself, so why is he talking like that? Head trauma. You know? That's why. If they're telling the truth. If he did not break his jaw and he's talking like that now, 
That is head trauma, man. Got so, um, you said what? Oh no, I said it's got to be that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's what it told me. You know, it's, but what's what what it, what it tells me is like, man, the impact of that, because he still got like markings, like like the face is still healing. Like he yeah. kind of has, you know, still a black eye there. You know, his 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 lip was still busted. You know, like Jesus. You know, but yeah, like J, like JP um, said, it looks like he just got beat up. Yeah, it, it's crazy, and um, you know, but as far as like you know the cashing out thing, Willow was saying, this this is me trying to connect dots again. Mikey Garcia signed to the zone. The guy that was rumored ever since Manny won the fight with Keith was he was going to fight Mikey next. Okay, now Floyd came out. Uh, a while ago or something like that, acting like he's coming back, right? But we've seen, we've seen him do that before, cloud chasing. You know, he's an attention whore. We get it. So he could be telling the truth or he could be lying. Now, if he's not telling the truth and he's not coming back, we know Manny Pacquiao has one fight left on the PBC contract, right? Could everything that's going on now where Manny Pacquiao has changed his mind and said, you know what, I'll fight Errol Spence now. But he's got to fight me next. Could that be it? Ugh. Just saying. I mean, if I'm Manny, I take I I put that out there. You, you get what I'm saying? You start I connecting dots because we thought it was Mikey. But yeah, I'm with you on that. You start hearing Floyd, but if, I'm not bad. But I like I just it. Don't see, I just don't see Floyd coming. I personally think if Floyd comes back without a fight, he's going to lose to Manny. That's me personally, but hey. But he, but also just the way he is, I just don't see him fighting Manny anyway, just straight into it, coming off, you know. He has, he ain't fought a real legitimate boxer in like three years or whatever. I don't know exactly. But so, because I don't count McGregor, he's not a boxer. Yeah, so, 2016, uh, yeah. So that, what that tells me is like, is Manny and his team and all that, because, you know, we know that people always made it seem like Floyd was strategic, but Manny was strategic too. He waited on the third Marquez fight because of how the first two won and still couldn't handle Marquez. So he's been strategic also. So, and, and in other fights too, could Manny and, and, and we know Freddie's strategic. Could Freddie be like, yeah, we'll do the Spence fight now, but he's got to take it next. No tune-ups. Just throwing it out there. Could that be Ooh. a possibility? Man, definitely a possibility. I can see it, and and, and for Manny, Errol would have he's to like, take the bag. That's double the bag he get anywhere else. He got to take it. Oh, he's got to take it because we don't know exactly. We don't. And look, that's another thing. We don't know. We don't know if there's internal is, injuries with or was with Spence either. You know, there could have been. There could have not been. They've been really hush-hush about everything, and I get it. Nobody's business in reality. So, but, you know, you got to take that bag. So I'm just starting to connect the dots here, and I'm like, okay, Danny is fighting in January, and Keith is out. We know Keith's out right now. Uh, we know Manny's not fighting Terrace Crawford. We know, we, uh, we know Mikey went to the zone. Floyd might be just, you know, clout chasing again or whatever, getting his name out there. So if don't, if don't, we, I just named all those guys. Could Manny be trying to fight Spence next? I think that's a possibility, man. 
Well, the, the first name he said was Manny Pacquiao. You know, he did. Everybody Manny wants first, that Manny. Right. Yeah, everybody wants what? that Pacquiao fight. So, yeah, yeah, the definitely. first name that Earl said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking that that's that's the fight he wants. Also, I think Earl wants that Manny Pacquiao fight. Manny Pacquiao might see it. You know, after if I'm looking at that at that interview. And he wants to fight, and I'm old Manny Pacquiao, and I want to unify the division and try to, you know, say my name, put my name as one of the greatest of all times when it's all said and done, uh, unifying at 40 years old. Um, yeah, I could see that happening. I see Manny wanting to do it. And like I said, I could see I could see uh, Spence just saying, hey, let me see where I'm at, get this big payday, and if this is my last one, I'll go out with the bang. You know, I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, man, it's it's going to be interesting. We're going to find out, man. I mean, the next couple of months, a lot of these chess pieces are going to start being, you know, laid down, and some of them are already. But it's really what what it's really going to come down to is, at the end of the day, is 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 Floyd coming back or is he not? If he is, then all the things, everything I just talked about is nothing. There was no no smoke to it. But if Floyd ain't coming back, man. I'm starting to think that maybe Manny Pacquiao's like looking at it like, "Yup, you got two belts. I would love to get those two belts. You you talking about you want to go straight back into a, a big fight? Cool. And I know you want to fight you me. Called, you called me Let's out. Do it. <laughs> you spoke yeah. my name, so it's not it's not like he's like uh, picking on the injured guy right now. Like no, the injured guy called him out. Oh yeah, and Pacquiao's never been held. I mean, he's not one. He he's not the He's not the complexion of double standards, so who gets double standards? So people won't say if you beat Spence, oh, it's because, you know, they're going to just give, oh, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen, you know? So he ain't even got to worry about it. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But one thing I will say, though, is that, Willa, you got a point with this one, Willa, because let's say it is uh, a situation where he's going out to get that last bag because he knows, you know, his physical state right now probably isn't isn't for the longevity in the long haul, I should say, for where he's going in, in his profession. The worst thing that could happen is, let's say, oh, okay, look, let's just say if he does fight Pacquiao and he's banged up, he's really he's really banged up still. Manny Manny Pacquiao does a number on him, whoops his ass, stops him, gets the, gets the title. But I think even worse than that would be if he tries to get in a tune-up fight and you have a situation where you get cherry picking gone wrong and he gets the shit beat out of him in a similar fashion or maybe worse by somebody nobody's ever heard of. He's got to worry about that and put that into, into the play as well. And I think that that's, and that I'm already on record, bro. He's going big name. Hey, I already said, my man, I yeah. already said, if he steps right into one of those guys first, I, I got that other guy winning. And this is before I seen this interview. Yeah. 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 Any I, of them, any other guys, if it's, Danny, um, Keith, uh, Manny, Crawford, Sean, any of them. Ugas, I got that, bro. I'm picking. Just based on what I'm seeing, the evidence put in front of me, you got to go with that person, man. You know? I, so we'll see. You know, and it could be a cash out. It could be they know more than they're letting on. Letting on so they're like, hey, this is what we got to do to end your career the right way so you can take care of your family for the rest of your life. Yep, exactly. I mean, I'm sure Al Heyman will 
throw him a bone. I mean, I don't know, maybe not. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's built for the the uh, the, the the chair that Polly and all those guys sit on as far as commentating wise. But um yeah, man. Some tough sledding going on for Earl Spence and like you said like you said, it happened early October and we're in late December and he still looks the way he looks and um was having a uh, it wasn't like a speech impediment or nothing like that. It was just kind of him putting the words together was a little bit more tougher than, than he normally sounded. Um, but, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough all the way around. I hope the best for the guy. But like you said, we're going to find out real soon what's happening and what's going to happen because 2020 is on the horizon. And for anybody who's got a belt and a big name, and Earl Spence has two belts and a big name and says he wants to come back by summertime, well, we'll see. We'll see how everything turns out. We might have seen the the last of the of Earl Spence at, at his peak of his game. It's a possibility, but until then, we'll find out. But um, I think that's all we have for today, guys. Um, put in a solid two, and uh, you know I think uh, felt good to come back here and talk to you guys. I missed everybody, and uh, we put a lot of stuff together, and hopefully we can put some ideas out there for the listeners and and what they think about how it's going on. If anyone has any feedback, you could follow us at Outsiders Boxing Podcast on Twitter, uh, and we have all the information with, as far as all of our handles on social media. And uh, appreciate everybody. Um, but, Willa, I know you said you got to do some shopping and stuff and all that, so we could knock this one out for the rest of the day. Um, any final words, my man? Oh, no, man. Uh, shout out to Charlo for getting that belt back. Um like I said, ain't going to have no show on uh, on Wednesday for his Christmas time. Jesus was born. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get back. I think we think we do have a Javante Davis-Gamboa uh, fight next weekend. I'm pretty sure that's next Saturday. We'll see how that goes. Probably mm-hmm. should be a washing, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes, man. So, maybe we'll be back next Sunday. Maybe we'll catch y'all. And we also got the year-end uh, year awards, so we're going to need to, you yep. know, put that out, put that out to the guys, see what see what we're coming with, fighter of the year, fighter of the year. You know, we know what the upset of the year was, but, you know, let down of the year. We'll do some good stuff like that, man. So, yeah, man. Uh, Business decision of the year. That should be a new award. <laughs> that should be another. We'll let JP, we'll let JP uh, get that one in, man. But, yeah, man, so, yeah, uh, one wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, man. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, especially to the fam, man, you guys have a great Christmas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All echo, all sentiments are echoed that point in particular, and I might have just brought a new award to the show that I think we'll have to put in, <laughs> into the into the cards. But everybody and anybody, man, wish you guys a happy Sunday. Um, everybody take care of business and get that holiday shopping out the way and uh, get, a, get set up shop for Monday because I know I am. So uh, for everybody out there, happy holidays, and I'll leave it at that. Outside this boxing podcast, folks, and we out of here. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the